to find pleasure in the work that we are given to do is in itself a communion with God, a communing with, a, a worship of uh, God. Yeah, that's so good. So find what you love to do mm-hmm. and, and do it with, with all your might. Welcome to the Know Why Podcast. I'm your host, Liberty McCarter. For many of us, it's not enough to know what people say about life's most important questions. We also want to know why. Each week, Know Why tackles tough questions on topics ranging from spirituality to current events. While we approach these issues from a Christian perspective, we discuss diverse opinions and ultimately dive into what the research says. Are you ready to know why? Let's get started. Welcome to the Know Why Podcast. I'm your host, Liberty McCarter, and here is part two of our interview with Steve Miller. Back to your story, you've worked at an insurance company for a construction company, now as a radio producer. I can't remember, there were probably others, a teacher. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. you've had a lot of experiences. Have you ever had a job that you hated and then a job that you love, even if it wasn't necessarily to do with drama, which is your main passion? And then what was the difference between the job you hated and the job you loved? Yeah, first of all, to, um, I think one of the best ways to describe my, my life as far as my career, it's in, in the words of the Grateful Dead, you know, what a long, strange trip it's been. <laughs> I mean, I feel that it's been a, a very, it has been odd mm-hmm. in a circuitous path. And I think I mentioned that, that, you know, yeah, there was a job that I hated. Um, and I think one of the, and I didn't pay the bills, okay? I was still at home. Mm. But but I, there was a job working at a at a fast food restaurant. Oh uh, boy, yeah, yeah. You know, um, <laughs> Everyone needs that experience at just, some point, you though. You do, you do. Yeah, I think everybody ought to work in uh, at some level in customer service. And if mm-hmm. they're waiting tables or if they're in retail, they need to work in customer service because they're going to have more patience with people uh, when they go back as customers. But I I had worked already at, at another one and, and it was good. But I think the training at this place was terrible. And it's still, it, it's an, a not to be named uh, uh, Mexican food, uh, fast food restaurant that that I still go to. And I guess maybe the training was bad or whatever. Mm-hmm. And oh my, I couldn't wait to get out of there. It lasted two weeks. Mm. And I did, and this is, a, this is, I'm the poster child for the way you're not supposed to quit, I guess. I called one afternoon uh, uh, Sunday afternoon and I got the manager on the phone or the assistant manager. And I said, do you have the schedule out? This is Steve. You have the schedule out for next week? He said, yeah, l- let me go get it. Hang on. I said, no, don't bother. Uh, you can take me off the schedule. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one way to do it. <laughs> it no, I just, yeah, I didn't like it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I guess that's clear. It, it, jobs I've loved. You know what? I have, um, it's hard to say what makes you love a job. I think it's a combination of of, of loving the actual work you do and loving the environment that you're in. Mm-hmm. And the first job I got, uh, the first corporate job I got, not long after I finished my internship at, at Theater 3, and talk about a long trip. I mean, I spent a year at a junior college, I spent two and a half years at Bible college, and I spent two and a half years at DBU before I graduated, mm-hmm. and then a year at a um, um, at doing an internship. So do the math, that's seven years out of high school mm-hmm. before I'm finally even thinking about getting out of the house, mm-hmm. you know? And and so I, I got this corporate job at an insurance company and I had one of the best bosses. Um, she was uh, Mary Brooks. In fact, at the outside chance that Mary Brooks ever hears this, thank <laughs> you, Mary, you were a great boss. And she just made it fun 
Uh, I'm sure at the time, there were many times when I was like, oh, what am I doing here? But it was great. I had a good schedule. I had evenings off and things like that. Mm-hmm. Had fun people to work with. Um, I, uh, I love teaching uh, at, at the Covenant School. Mm-hmm. I taught there for 10 years. I taught theology and rhetoric and drama. And uh, because I was doing what I loved, uh, you know, my background is, you know, training wise and schooling mm-hmm. wise was both in theology and theater and, and drama. So, of course, I loved that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they were good people to work with. Uh, you know, the kids were kids. They, they were, you know, they were knuckleheads sometimes, <laughs> but that's, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. I love this job. The job I have now is great. I have great mm-hmm. people to work with. Uh, I get to do a little bit of, um, you know, I get to do some theology and some uh I get to incorporate my love of communication and and things like that. And occasionally Kirby brings me in here and I get to help out with with interviews. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And even though it's not ideal, if you want to say that, if, if, if the avocation, if my avocation can be narrowed down to acting, Mm -hmm. then, then, you know, no, it's, you know, like I'm not a permanent member of a theater group or whatever. Um, but as far as jobs that I that I really do enjoy, yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I've I've been really blessed, yeah, that I've that I've had them. So, yeah. if you if someone's listening to this and maybe they're in college or starting out on their career path, and they have had a little bit of a hard time figuring out exactly what it is they want to do or are supposed to do, then they shouldn't be be too worried about it because. You can still figure it out as you go. There's kind of this, I think, idea when we enter college sometimes and like, this is what I'm going to do and this Mm -hmm. is my plan and I got to do this. And, but sometimes life, the Lord leads you to different places. And if you don't have it all mapped out ahead of time, that's okay. What would you say? Absolutely. Don't think I've got to figure it out. And this is advice that people have been giving for a long time, you know, mm-hmm. with kids going into college, you know, some colleges won't even let you declare a major, you know, for the first year or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and whenever I was, whenever I wanted to go into the ministry, I think that was some of what went wrong in my thinking was that I just believed because of the parameters of, of, my, of the structure that I was raised in, of the church and just this society and this culture and this region of the country or whatever, I was raised to believe that, oh, well, if you're, if you're going to be in ministry, then it needs to look like this. Mm-hmm. And, and if you really believe God's calling you, then that call is irrevocable, mm. which means what? Which means the moment you go astray from that path, you'd be, you're, you're disobedient. Mm-hmm. You begin to feel guilty. And yet what it was, was a structure and a parameter that I had kind of allowed to be placed around what I was only gradually understanding Mm -hmm. as a calling. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, you got to make money Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Um, So my advice would be find something that you feel like you are good at and that you enjoy. It may not be your dream job, Go out, look, seek counsel, ask people what they think. What do you see in me? Mm-hmm. You know, um, find a good community of, uh, of faith, a, a local church, somewhere to be involved with people. Mm-hmm. Because it's amazing to me how you can just communicating with, with brothers and sisters in the Lord, 
not that they sat there and gave you some sage advice about your career, but the fact that you were with them, mm-hmm. the fact that you just communed with them, it kind of sometimes put wind, puts wind in your sails, you know, and yeah. allows you the realization that, you know what, um, I, I don't need to be perfectly aligned with my desires at mm-hmm. every juncture as far as my 40-hour, 50-hour-a-week job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I hope advice. that's decent enough advice. Anyway. Oh, yeah. That's great. So do you feel like a lot of people or that society does pressure you to make money off of your passions or that yeah. your hobbies need to become side hustles? Um, and if, they do, if they're not a side hustle, you're not making money off of it. Um, I mean, like, you know, a paying side hustle, um, then maybe it doesn't garner as much respect as something that is a part of you. Yeah. I think that that can be, that, that can be the, you know, the outlook. That can be the, the viewpoint that a lot of people have. And whether society throws that on us or what, I don't, I don't know. But I think when it happens, it's because we have this ideal or this, this vision of an idealized life. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not accurate, but we really, we want to think like that there is uh, this, this perfect existence out there, this sort of um, platonic form, mm-hmm. <laughs> this perfect form to which we must align ourselves um, and we have to strive for. And, and most of us are going to be relegated to just watching these select few who supposedly live that you know, epic, wonderful, and, 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 you know, idealized life. But that's, that's not even real, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, and, and all we really need to do to, to figure that out is to look at the miserable people out there who, uh, who are, are failing in relationships and marriages and they're living their supposedly idealized lives, but their, their world is crumbling around them and, and they've got addictions and there's suicide and you name it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't even have to look at the big names. Yeah. We don't have to look at the, you know, the, the 27 Club, the 28 Club, whatever they call it, the, 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 that series of musicians over the years who have died young. We don't have to even look there, but you find it all over, people mm-hmm. failing. And if, if that's the idealized life, would we really want it? So I think, mm-hmm. I think the fact that society throws us at it, th- throws that at us, and that we keep biting— mm-hmm. And we keep grabbing it, and we're supposed to be pretty smart people. Mm-hmm. Says something mm. uh, that we're still buying the lie that that there's an ideal thing out there, that there's mm-hmm. a perfect man, a perfect woman, a perfect job, a, a perfect car uh, that will then complete us. Which mm-hmm. kind of circles back to, well, you know, what? Why do you get up every day? Why do you do what you do? And if it's because of those things then go ahead and embrace the fact that you're going to be a miserable person. Get over it, move on. Um, and, and, and find, it, and for you and I anyway, we would say find that ultimate reality in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. George Harrison um, of the Beatles, you know, he said, he said uh, had to say that. I don't know why. Should I have to say that I'm talking about George Harrison of the Beatles? I don't know. Yes. <laughs> but, but, as opposed to his solo career, which was wonderful too. Mm-hmm. But George was asked about the, the Beatles and their success. And he, he said it was a good thing that they found success and fame and riches early on in their careers. Mm-hmm. Because it taught, at least it taught him early on, that that didn't matter. Mm. Kind of like, I'm glad we learned this now 
Because it's nice to learn that lesson when you're in your 20s, mm -hmm. that, that, that that stuff is not going to ultimately satisfy. Mm -hmm. I mean. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, this we're all seeking that fulfillment, um, whether it is in our relationships or our jobs, that thing that's going to complete us. And you may have already touched on this a little bit because you gave some, you've been giving great advice, but um, specifically for finding fulfillment, you know, in your work and your hobbies, even if they don't dovetail, like, you know, which obviously our ultimate fulfillment has to be in Jesus as you and I believe, um, you know, as Christians, which you've already said, but, you know, finding a sense of fulfillment and meaning in what both what we do for work and what our passions are. Yeah. Yes, and when when we talk about finding our meaning in, in Jesus, we know that doesn't mean that that the more we sit around and and uh, and, and read the Bible and pray and, and meditate, the, the godlier we get. What it can mean sometimes is the more we minister to our husband, our wife, our friend, our neighbor, because this is what God commands us to do. It can mean that the more we work hard at what we've been given to do, the, the more, uh, I mean, and those go hand in hand, I mean, mm -hmm. because it, in the garden, God didn't tell Adam and Eve, you know, you know, this is awesome. Let's meet all the time and just chat and let's, let's sing. Let's write praise choruses, mm. you know, <laughs> he, 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 he was there for them and, and they were there to do something yeah. to work in the garden and, you know, to find pleasure in that and to find pleasure in the work that we are given to do is in itself a communion with God, a communing with, a, a worship of uh, God. Yeah, that's so good. So find what you love to do mm -hmm. and, and do it with, with all your might. Whether or not you're making money doing that particular thing. Yeah. You can still bring glory to God and minister to other people. I'm sure there have been many people that you have ministered to or touched somehow, you know, in your performances, even if it wasn't, like you said, necessarily a Christian script there was still some kind of truth being conveyed and if you were able to really tell that story well then you know all truth is god's truth right oh it's so true um the, the it, one of the one of the first plays i did in a, in a professional at a professional level here in dallas years ago we performed at a place in deep ellum called the video bar it's gone now mm -hmm. um and they gave us the place for free because we actually brought the crowds in you know because we were there mm -hmm. so we got in seven or seven thirty had our show time and it was a really rough play uh called rat in the skull and it was it was about an ira an irish uh, revolutionary army soldier and i played this soldier who was this you know <laughs> rough and tumble, you know, mm. Irishman who was a bomber and he was a terrorist, you know. And so we finished this play one night and one of my friends had um, come to see the play and I knew she was there. And when it was over, um, I looked around, I couldn't find her. And I opened the door and down, uh, uh, I was on, uh, I was on, uh, I don't even know, Canton Street. I don't know where it was in Dallas. Mm -hmm. but I looked down the street and she's walking, she's half a block away. I was like, Julie. And I yelled out after mm -hmm. her and she came back and she was apologetic, but she said, I had to leave. I've got a friend who was in the IRA. Wow. And, and that was hard. Mm -hmm. That was hard, you know? And in the program, uh, our director had written something like, um, uh, there are X percentage of Protestants and X percentage of Catholics, but very few Christians. You know? mm. And it wasn't a, 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 a Christian play, mm -hmm. but yeah, you do some things that are that, that you don't know. You don't know how they're going to impact people. Yeah, you don't know what it's going to, um, 
how it's going to minister to people, show truth. Mm-hmm. And and I know that doing theater for me, there's been times where I felt like that was an act, I mean, an act of worship mm-hmm. wow. in telling the truth of a story. Right. Yeah. So you can absolutely worship God, glorify him and find fulfillment in the things that you are called to do, whether or not that particular thing is paying your bills, which I think in itself is a way to glorify God, being responsible, taking care of your family, doing, you know, work with a good attitude for the Lord or something that you're passionate about and very talented at that you're glorifying God that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so kind of at the end here to wrap it up, because we're running out of time, at the beginning of our conversation, we mentioned two words, vocation and avocation. And I think that um, the definitions, especially the way you word it, is so interesting and good for us to think about. So could you give us those definitions? What does that mean? Well, it's not maybe not Webster's or <laughs> whatever, but the vocation is something we do day-to-day. It's our 40-hour week job or however many hours you work, but it's your day-to-day job. It's what you get up and go do to make money to pay bills. Avocation is your what is often considered your hobby, or I'd rather say your passion, mm-hmm. what you find true fulfillment in, that if all else was equal, you would do all the time, mm-hmm. you know, that you would spend all your time doing. So that's how I kind of differentiate between those two. And as we've discussed at length um, over the past several minutes, you don't have to, those don't have to be the same thing necessarily. You can find fulfillment and happiness and enjoyment in your job and your vocation, even if it's different than your avocation. And there are probably even some benefits of them being separated sometimes. Before we started recording, you mentioned that like, if your vocation really is your avocation, if your money-making job is your hobby that you really do love to do all the time, then it you actually can kind of lose your work-life balance or kind of become a workaholic, there are other problems that come with that. Yeah, you can can burn out. And you hear it it happening with pastors. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have no corner on the market, but you hear that. Yeah. Because the thing they know that God has called them to do and the thing they love doing Mm -hmm. are one and the same. And suddenly, you know, their their wife is distanced from them. Their children are 15 and they think, They've just grown up overnight because they really didn't spend enough time. So that can be it can be um, a difficult thing. You know, yeah. You talk about finding joy even in the um, in, in the vocation, even if you don't think it's necessarily something you have passion about. That mm-hmm. it's you know, it, and and I <laughs> I often think that people who are you know certified financial planners or insurance people or accountants. The stuff we think of as being boring, I'm mm-hmm. like, darn, I wish I did that. Because <laughs> if I did that, maybe I would be better. I wouldn't dread doing the day-to-day stuff like, you know, oh, I'm making sure I keep my budget or, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> I had a meeting yesterday morning, Zoom meeting with my insurance guy, you know, talking about life insurance policies and stuff. And and I think, you know, there's a value to what we think is banal and, you know, mm-hmm. is, is simple and monotonous. There's a value to knowing those things. Obviously, there really mm-hmm. is. And I... I don't want to come across as saying to you know me being an artistic person, uh, being a, a, a an actor that that that's like some oh that's the the ultimate boy you know that's what you really want to strive for. No, if you I mean, have people out there who you know 
They, they are accountants. Mm -hmm. They are business people. They do a day-in, day-out thing, and they feel like, oh, well, I guess I, I got a boring life. No, no. You just have different areas of pouring your avocational desires into mm -hmm. whatever that might look like. Everybody's just going to be different. Yeah, that's good. And we actually do have um, an episode interviewing a pastor and he did his uh, doctoral dissertation on burnout. Mm -hmm. um, and so he has some great information specifically avoiding burnout as a pastor and just in general. So we'll be diving into that topic in detail as well. So awesome. keep listening in the future. But before we end, Anything you'd like to add about our conversation, also tell us where we can see you on stage or on screen. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, I was in a um, a, a pilot uh, for a for a TV show called uh, Restorage, and honestly, I don't know when that's going to be aired. So you do these projects, and you don't get an idea of when uh, when they're going to air. Sometime in September. So mid to late September, I'm going to be in a Lifetime Channel uh, show. They have a series. It's season two of a series called Text Me When You Get Home, and I'll be in one of those. Awesome. So I wish I had a, a decent working website that you could go to, but mine's just so crummy right now. Um, <laughs> you can't do that. Well, thanks for sharing. So uh, yeah. hopefully we can see you soon performing. Um, anything else you'd like to add? Mm, I don't know, um, other than just uh, do do the thing you love to do. Trust God, live in community, serve the Lord. Great stuff. Thank you so much, Steve. Mm -hmm. And thank you for listening to the Know Why podcast. Keep listening. We have episodes that drop every Wednesday and you will want to hear the rest of our series on thriving at work. It's relevant. We all have to do it. We all have to work. Let's learn how to thrive while we're doing it. Thanks. <laughs> um. Yeah, catch you next time on the Know Why podcast. <laughs> it's always at the end. Like, right, I just, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. And no. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Good.